Welcome to the Remnant Godcast. We're so glad that you've tuned in to today's show for 4-16-2019. Hope you all enjoyed your Tuesday. It was a good day for me. It's been a very long day. But I have a very important topic that I want to talk about today. Before we do that, though, I want to thank you for tuning in on Podbean or on iTunes or on Google Play or many of the other various platforms that we are now on. We want to thank you if you just recently found us. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, RMNT News, or, of course, our Facebook channel, at Remnant News. And we are very glad that you're doing so. There's a lot of people that are coming on there, and we just appreciate all the letters and support and just the various things that we hear from you guys every day, and we're just so thankful for that. So thank you. So you are on the Remnant Godcast, and we're going to talk today about the 10 biggest issues that Christian Americans are facing today. Now, just so that you know, this is from beliefnet.com. This is not my list, but I happen to agree with many of the things that they're saying, and that's why I thought it would be a really good topic today, because we're looking at what we're really facing here in the United States. So they put as number one, a diluted faith. Ooh, a diluted faith. Now, could that be a product of the seeker-friendlyism teaching that really isn't teaching uh, about correction of sin? Could that be? I think so. I think there's definitely a connection there. Um, I think there's been a disconnect in the in the body of Christ when it comes to preaching the full word. In fact, I can literally say I can link to an article that statistically will prove that because there just was one that came out. We talked about it yesterday a little bit. Um, 64% of, of Christian pastors say they are afraid to preach the full gospel of Jesus and the full word of God. So 64%, that's a huge amount of people, and that means that there are people that are intentionally in the pulpit leaving out parts of the Bible because they consider or deem it controversial. And that is scary to me, folks, because I think the entire Bible needs to be preached. What do you think? So a diluted faith? Yeah, that's what happens in that situation. People get a diluted faith. So the founder of the Salvation Army, his name was William Booth, he was always quick with uh, you know, a quotable phrase uh, for, the, for the press and for people. So one of the things he said was, in, in an answer to your inquiry, I consider the chief dangers which will confront the coming century. They're going to be religion without the Holy Ghost, check. Christianity without Christ, check. Forgiveness without repentance, check. Politics without God, check. And without heaven or hell, because there's no consequence. There's no consequence. If we don't, you know, we take out the the afterlife, we take out, you know, repentance, you know, we take out these, you know, like they said, religion without the Holy Spirit, you know, some say the Holy Ghost, there's anointing. I think when you say the Holy Ghost, it's powerful, right? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of the living God, you know, don't take that out of, of religion because that is religion. It's faith in God and his spirit, who he is, right? So, um... Author Daniel Sweet says that American Christianity is already there. He says we're already there. So in a society where there are no absolutes and every individual is a free agent, he says we're taught to be self-reliant. We're taught to be independent. So Christianity is no longer the automatic default faith of young adults. And that's a problem. But his question is, is that the main problem? Well, that is a huge problem. If you dilute your faith, the Bible says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. So, you know, the Bible also says that if you're lukewarm, what happens? He's going to spit you out. And I would say that a diluted faith is equal to being lukewarm. It's equal to compromise. So that's a very, very scary thing to me. And I would say it is definitely one of the major factors that are happening in our faith right now here in the United States. And I think the solution to that 
And again, I don't have all the answers, and I, I definitely say I make the same mistakes that many of you do. So I'm not here to, to claim that I got it all figured out or that I'm perfect, but I think, wow, what a concept if we just preach the full word of God. I think that would be powerful. Don't you think that would be powerful? I think it would be powerful, and it would probably bring revival to our nation if we got on our faces and repented as a people. So I agree, diluted faith is very important. I don't know if it would be number one, but let's see what else is on their list. So they said, or, or is it something else? Or is it something else? So is it pride? Pride is a major issue facing Christians. And this is a, a gentleman by the name of Eric Lidgey, and he responded to the question from a blogger, Jonathan uh, Blundell. He says, pride opens the door for everything else to come in. The same sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven and the one that causes so much separation in the church today. He says, the church is sick and we don't want to admit it. He says, you have to admit you're ill before you can realize you need healing. And few who do recognize it only want to separate themselves from, from the body and then judge her, point figures at her. He says, I've been guilty of this. And uh, he said, it's time to love the church back to health the same way Christ loved us to salvation. Pride comes before a fall, friends. And I will just tell you, when I see some of the stuff going on in the body of Christ, in the name of ministry or in the name of, you know, doing something for the Lord, and I'm sorry, but I don't think, you know, having multiple jet planes in your own personal runway, eh, yeah, that's probably not gonna gonna say that that's gonna fall into the humble category and so there's a lot of people out there now i'm just gonna be real with you guys too on this um you know i love the lord with all my heart and i'm part of the body of christ and we we talk about things on the remnant godcast that we try to find solutions and we say it from a from a standpoint of realizing that we're far from perfect as i always say but that being said i do think there's a major issue with pride in leadership and because for so many times and I don't know if you've had this experience, but I've tried to approach some pastors, some leaders, and just be like a human being, like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And people have treated me so weird over the years. And I've been doing this for a long time now. There's some really genuine pastors out there. There's some really, just some of the big names even. I mean, some of them are really genuine, really kind. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. And I can see why the Lord raised that person up. But some people are full of pride, act like celebrities, you know, live a certain way. And I would just say for those people, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Because, you know, everybody's watching you, especially if you're in leadership position and we need to die to our flesh daily. We need to get rid of pride. So I would definitely say that is a major issue. And I happen to agree with this Eric uh, Lidgey. So good, good, uh, good, good word there. Okay. One of the other problems, this is problem number three. They're saying it's Bible literacy, perhaps the biggest problem is that we're headed in the wrong direction. And this was uh, coming from Sweet again. He says, what used to be basic universal known truths about Christianity are now unknown mysteries to a large growing share of Americans, especially young adults. So they give the instance here uh, that the Barna Group uh, showed that in 2010, while most people regard Easter as a religious holiday, only a minority of adults associate Easter with the resurrection of Jesus. Well, we're on that very special week right now. And uh, the theological free-for-all <laughs> that is encroaching in Protestant churches, evangelical churches nation, nationwide, suggests that the coming decade will be a time of unparalleled theological diversity and inconsistency. What does that mean? So is Sweet saying that the Bible is the only truth on which the church can be built, then including different uh, opinions is fatal? 
I would say yes, because the Bible is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is the way, truth, the life. And the Bible says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word, and the Word became flesh. So we need to be careful, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. And the Bible also says that anybody who were to change the words in the Bible, that's a, that's a sin. That's, that's a bad, bad, bad thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, basically like you're going to be cursed if you change the words of the Bible. God gave the law. He gave the word of God so that it can be truth. It can be a lamp unto our feet. It can be, you know, we can be the salt and the light of the world. And we have to just simply know the word of God. We need to spend time in the word. It's like, you know, you can tell when somebody spent time in worship. You know, you ever seen that where it's like, man, that person, they're on fire. You know, they're on fire for God. Or you can tell when somebody you know, spent time in prayer. They've come out of deep prayer. I mean, it's like, wow. Like, you know, you can see, you can feel it on their countenance. You know they've been with the Lord. You know, it's kind of like when Moses came down with, with the Ten Commandments. You knew he'd been spending time with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, you can tell. Well, it's the same thing with the Word. When you spend time in the Word, if you know the Word, you're going to be wise because you're going to understand the blueprint of how things work here in our world. So I think that's a very, very important thing. There's a lot of people out there that are, claiming to be pastors or whatnot, leaders, and they're not really uh, literate in the Bible themselves. They don't really know the Bible enough. And I'm not saying that you don't go out and make disciples and, and fulfill the Great Commission probably right from the beginning that you're a Christian. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is is take the time to study. Don't let it just be the two days that you might be in church or the one day a week you might be in church. Take the time to study the Word. Get to know it. It's super important that you do this. It's super important. So I would say that's definitely very important. All right, let's see what else they're saying. Um, they're asking if we have closed minds. Let's let's see what they're talking about here. So they said, you know, non-Christian points of views are destructive to the faith. So Sweet states, if you are a biblically educated believer, you know that some of what Barnard refers to as basic, universally known truths of Christianity are are myths, he's saying. Hmm, yeah, I don't know. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So I do believe, so I, I don't agree with this here. I'm going to have to say I don't agree with this one. Um, I don't think we have closed minds, but I think that we need to be careful um, to be loving to certain people groups. I think that we need to be careful. You know, I'll give an example. There was some people that came into our church one time and there was two girls and they were dancers and they had short shorts on, but they, you know what? They made it to church. Thank you for coming. Like, wow, you're here, you know? And, and we had been praying for these two particular girls to come and, you know, they were friends of ours and I was happy that they came. And they came and then somebody uh, came up to them who wasn't even a leader in the church, by the way, just somebody who was randomly in the church, part of the congregation, came up and said, yeah, those those shorts, you can't be wearing that in church. We're so sorry. Took it upon herself to say that. And those two girls, just so you know, they never came back. We never saw them again. They were discouraged. They actually ended up leaving. And I'll give you another example. There's a, a young man that sometimes comes and I love him to death. I think he's amazing. I think he's anointed. I think he's got a powerful calling on his life, but he smokes cigarettes. And sometimes he goes outside and smokes cigarettes and people have been so rude to him. And I just want to say, you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. Okay. Just like my faith journey, um, you know, took a while and took some time. It takes a little bit of time sometimes to get to where, you know, we need to be. And uh, sometimes it takes our whole lifetime, right? Because God just keeps building away layer after layer. So yeah, I think it's important that we just, um, you know, look at the spec, you know, in somebody else's eye. Now let's look at the plank in our own, right? That's kind of what the scripture says. Actually, it is what the scripture says. So I think that's a good one. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think that we have closed minds. I do think, so here's some things I think. So 
people asking me like you know what about the gay situation the gay you know lesbian transgender what lgbtq or whatever you know would you ever associate with somebody who's lgbtq um and i i say well actually i know i know many people that are living the gay lifestyle because i live in the world and i meet people you know and they say well oh my gosh you know what do you do and i say <laughs> i'm nice to them and i talk to them about god just like i would talk to anybody else see they're not like some aliens and i think we have we have picked on certain people groups i think um to not preach the gospel to or to think they're like the enemy of god and the truth is, is god's love is 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 for all people and um people say to me well how do you you know talk about marriage and those things when it comes to the gay community i just look i didn't write the bible i stand for the bible i didn't write the bible though but i'll i'll tell them what it says and i'll do it in a loving way and in, in a way that i show christ's love and you know i just tell them what the bible says and they say well do you believe in that and i say well yeah i mean i believe in the bible and you know i've actually found that I get respect from people in the LGBTQ community when I'm just real with them. You know, it's not like I'm, I don't hate them. I don't, it's not like I won't be friends with them. See, that's where I think we're, we've alienated certain people. So I guess in some, some cases or instances, maybe we have closed minds. Like I, uh, a gentleman co commented on one of my posts the other day and he said, you know, with, with Muslims, we got to love Muslims. You know, we got to show them the love of Christ. And I agree. I mean, we have to show everybody the love of Christ. I think we need to be smart in how we do it, though. Use wisdom. Understand that there are people that are operating in the Antichrist spirit that we're not going to be able to change that other, uh, other than through prayer and fasting. But, you know, there's there's times when, when people are open or we have an open door and it doesn't matter who they are, we can minister to them. But I think it's super important we show Christ's love to everybody. At least we do our best to do so. I think it's important. So, I don't know. I guess we kind of have closed minds sometimes. I mean, now that I'm thinking about all these different things, um, the guy that smokes cigarettes outside, you know, and, and how he gets persecuted. And I'm not saying I advocate smoking cigarettes. I mean, I don't, you know, advocate anything like that. But I'm just saying, you know, God worked on me layer by layer. And it took many years for me to get, uh, you know, into like the holiness of, of life, you know, like, like a Nazarite lifestyle. And I still make mistakes, but I mean, I, I definitely have turned from my life of sin. I repented of those things. I've repented of sin and unrighteousness, but he's still pulling away layers. And I hope he's peeling away layers in your life too, because I think that literally happens until the day we die. So, okay. So they're saying the next one is which way should we go? So let's see what they're talking about. So they say, what is the big, biggest problem in the church? And ask uh, Kevin DeYoung, a lack of direction. He says, we're torn between uh, Sweet's strict call and humanity's yearning for answers. He said, every week there seems to be a new issue that confronts Christians. Um, you know, and they're just naming the author here, Rich Little. Uh, in fact, it's hard to read a blog or watch news or hear a sermon without a new, quote, enemy being identified and a new cause for which to fight. As a result, we can't make up our minds that we swing like a pendulum from one extreme to the other. He says, uh, does the future lie with progressives who can adapt to change or with conservatives who remain faithful to the old paths? And uh, so it sounds like this guy is kind of like a progressive. So he's, he's saying we lack direction. So here's my answer to that, lacking direction. Again, it goes back to if we know the word of God, if we're rooted in our faith, we have a prayer life, we have discernment, we have wisdom that we walk in, you know, the counsel of the wise, um, you know, have a mouth of two or more witnesses in our life, speaking in our life, confirming things. Because the Bible says in the mouth of two or more witnesses, my word shall be established. 
I, I do think there is a problem with direction because I think people are pulled in, excuse me, in, in many different directions. And so I, I kind of see what people are saying in that particular situation. I kind of get it. And um, yeah, so I mean, I, I guess there is some some lack of direction. But here's the thing. I think that when we walk with Jesus Christ, again, we have a prayer life. We have a, a life of worship. We're truly in his word. We know who he is. Our, our, our life, not, it becomes not about us. I said something at church tonight. I said, you know, we really need to ask the question. It's not what God can do for us. It's what we can do for God. Amen. That's really the truth. So if we look at it like that, I think we do have more direction because we are told through the Great Commission, you know, what we're meant to be doing. That is to, you know, be saving souls for the kingdom of Jesus. Right. So I'll pray about that, though, because I think there's some more there there. And I think that there may be a lot of people doing a lot of things that are in vain, maybe. And um, I'm, I'm sure I've done that, too. And we need to stay focused on the mission and not get into the weeds. And um, he said there's a lot of new enemies. Is there a lot of new enemies? Well, I think it's the same enemy. I think it's the enemy of, of our faith. It's, you know, the adversary and the demonic realm. And that's why the Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against strongholds and principalities. So. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that right now. All right. Let's see what else they're saying here. She said, we have, we become the church of Laodicea. Mm. So in this question, they says, have we become the church of Laodicea? Well, what is the church of Laodicea? Well, we'll explain. So, uh, here is what the apostle John wrote to the congregation in Laodicea, Turkey, uh, which back then was considered one of the strongest churches. He says, because you are not Luke, uh, because you're lukewarm, you're neither hot nor cold. I will spew you out of my mouth for I say, uh, I am rich. Um, I have prospered and grown wealthy. I am in need of nothing. And you do not realize that you are wretched. You're pitiable. You're poor. You're blind. You're naked. So yes, that's America, uh, according to this gentleman. Um, with atheists becoming more strategic in championing their godless worldview, the increasing, um, you know, uh, enragement in the church, uh, in, in, in faith-oriented conversations assumes heightened significance. Uh, why would a Christian be, um, you know, reluctant about sharing his or her own faith? Uh, could it be because neither the word nor the Lord is really real to them? Hmm. And could it be because the doctrine presented to most Christians is illogical, self-contradictory, confusing, bland, or unmotivating? So here's the thing about the Church of Laodicea. Um, it's the lukewarm church. And I think that when you have ministries that don't preach the full Bible, that don't stand for all aspects of what it is. But here's another thing. Christians have to have an encounter moment. We have to have an encounter. Some of us, you know, especially if you've been raised in the church, if you've never had an encounter, it's a religion. It's not a faith. Okay, if you if you've had an encounter, it's a faith. It's part of who you are. It doesn't matter. You're like a tree planted by the water. You can't be shaken. That's that's what we need to do. We need to be the tree that's planted by the water that can't be shaken. We can't be the person um, who is blowing in the wind and who's willing to allow compromise in our life. And I think, you know, that is the church of Laodicea. I mean, you know, when you look at some of the mega churches in America today, and you know that they have a big front door and a big back door and it seems like it's not the narrow gate you know that the bible says straight is the way narrows the gate that leads into salvation it really seems like the wide gate so we need to be careful with the wide gate and um with the you know increasing atheist worldview that's being pushed upon us this is strategic and it is strategic by the adversary by the enemy to take away god from every aspect of our society from you know our school books from our children from our identity 
and put doubt in our mind. And the enemy's been doing that since day one. He did it in the Garden of Eden, and he's still doing it today. So we need to be careful and mindful of that. And we really need to understand that faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word of God. That's why it's important that we know the Word of God. So again, I'm going to go back to the Word of God because it seems to be an answer for a lot of these things. So the next one, this is number 8 out of 11, is a lack of honesty. So they say honesty was another response John Blundell received. Christianity is about doing the right thing. Answer a writer who didn't want to use his name. He says the world is a great place and life is so much fun. But honesty in people is something very difficult to find. David Tuma uh, agrees. In Western society, there is a crisis due to the breakdown of trust. Who do people trust? They trust politicians, banks, churches, pastors. They, they trust adults, police, scientists. Christians need to return to the basics and live like Christ. Um, you know, living Christ-like, following the word of God, you know, building the trust and pointing individuals to the master. Why should non-Christians trust Christ if we do nothing loving, we're not humble, we're not obedient, we're self, uh, you know, self we're not self-sacrificing, um, you know, in, in, in the master's way. So I kind of agree with that. I mean, I was just telling the congregation today, I said, you know, when we're infighting uh, amongst each other and we're doing that publicly and we're, we're talking about, you know, ministers publicly and, you know, chastising them and bringing a rebuke. You know, I think there's a time and a place for a rebuke. I think there's times when you, you need to speak the truth, but I don't think that you should constantly be targeting other Christians because that becomes an idol and it becomes like, you know, it's just not our job to do that. The Lord, they're going to have to stand before the King of Glory someday. We need to be responsible for, you know, our walk, our calling. That's why the Bible says focus on things that are pure, focus on things that are lovely, focus on the truth of the Word of God, get the captive saved, set free, delivered, and healed. We don't need to be the critique of every other pastor out there. I think that really gets, you get caught up in the weeds with that sometimes. And let, let those people have, you know, if they have a prayer life, if they're spending time in the Word of God, they're going to find their way. And you know what? Sometimes we're all off a little bit here and there, aren't we? So, you know, we seem to be careful there. But I do think sometimes if somebody is, is preaching a heresy or they're aligning themselves with the wrong people and, you know, they're doing it blatantly and they, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, we got to we got to point certain people out. I I point out sometimes uh, people that I think are heretical. Um, so, yeah, I think we got to do that sometimes. But, yeah, honesty is important. Trust is important. Um, so another one is bad publicity, they're saying. Bad publicity, number nine out of 11. Um, then there's the bad press that the church is, the, the bad press that the church has received in recent years, uh, ranging uh, from the hate messages, uh, the West Barrow Baptist Church, apparently, uh, the sexual scandals that have wrecked the Catholic Church in the midst of all the influence of Christianity on culture and the individual lives is largely invisible, notes this same person that wrote this article. Christianity has arguably added more value to American culture than any other religion, philosophy, ideology, or community, yet contemporary Americans are hard-pressed to identify any specific value added. That's really, really sad. In a period of history where the image of reality and life-changing decisions are made on a basis such as images, the church is in desperate need for a makeover. Okay, I agree with this one. Um, because of the enemy's plan to divide, steal, destroy, he has made a lot of people think that the church is really, really bad, especially when you look at, you know, I mean, I, my wife and I were just sitting in bed reading an article, um, you know, about how a youth pastor was molesting kids. I mean, when you see disgusting, horrible things like that, you know, it really turns you off. And if you're in the world and you see that, you say, well, forget that. I don't need to go to church. You know, and I tell people that, you know, that's what the Bible says. Don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. 
We need to get back in line and get our house in order. And unfortunately, there has been sin, compromise, a lack of teaching truth that has been allowed in the Word of God. So it makes sense when all these things are going to start manifesting because they're they're just a product of that. Um, but there's always going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. The Bible warns us about those people. So that doesn't make us, you know, not go to church or hate Christianity because we know there's wolves in sheep's clothing. We know there's people that are not legit. And so, but, you know, we got to be careful with the bad publicity. And that means, you know, be wise in putting people in leadership positions, make sure they're vetted, make sure they're, they're, they're mature enough. You know, they've been mentored for a while. Don't just throw somebody in a position. You're going to have a disaster if that happens. Um, you know, people really need to be groomed correctly. And, and that, that again, means making disciples. So I agree with that. Uh, we have received some bad publicity. All right, what else are they talking about? Back to the basics. So number 10 out of 11, we're almost done here. Maybe it's time to start talking, you know, about all these things, using phrases that no one understands. Christianese, except religious insiders, consider this leader's question. You know, will we ever solve uh, the problem, the real problem? You know, are you this enough? Are you that enough? Huh? What does that even mean? The church needs to quit talking so much about visions, plans, strategies, new teachings, authors, brands, missions, buildings, teams, and heresies. <laughs> Just start being the heart, the hands, the voice, the compassion of the body of Christ. I agree with that. I think we need to take it back to basics. I think that's what's going to bring revival in our nation. I think it's super important for us to, to honestly just go back to our first love, Jesus Christ. Repent of our unrighteousness. Say we've made mistakes. Lord, we need you more than ever. You're the air that we breathe. We need you, Lord. So now I'm, now I'm starting to... So there's only like one thing so far that the closed-mindedness, I think... I mean, you know, again, I mean, I'm, I'm an open-minded guy to a point, but I think that the Word of God is, is finite. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can't change the word to be relevant for the society. So that's the one I have a little question with. But every other one of these are very good. All right, number 11. Here we go. Are we willing to serve? Um, he says, you know, don't do not do it in guilt. Don't, don't serve out of guilt. If you're not compelled to march to a street corner to preach the gospel, you know, he's saying only Lord Jesus can reach, you know, touch your heart to the degree that you love him. And you love him so much that you want to do things for him, you know, so seek him. Um, servants' hearts are important. There's a lot of people that want the glory, but they, they don't know the story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they haven't paid the price to be there yet, but they want to be platformed and they think it's their season right now and they're going to force their way up. And that's the wrong way, you know? So we need to have a servant's heart. And if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will lift you up. It takes time. And, uh, you know, you serve for many, many years and you don't get glory for it because we're not doing this for our glory. We're doing it for his glory. If we're doing it for our glory, that's the issue right there. So I think that's a really good one. Now, one that was left out of these, I guess it's the 10 biggest issues, I, even though it says 11 out of 11, I think one of them was, was just the introduction. So, again, we're going from the belief.net uh, article here. And they are calling out the 10 biggest issues of Christianity in America today. Uh, some really good points. Um, I hope some of these things kind of minister to your heart tonight. I'll leave with this, though. There's a lot of persecution going on in the world, and our brethren are definitely facing them. I think censorship is another major one here in America. We're dealing with censorship, a, a attack on, Elizabeth, uh, on religious liberties and freedoms. And I think we need to be extremely careful of that, especially in the way we vote, so that we understand the battle is not against flesh and blood, strongholds and principalities, even a lot of the battles in the political world when it comes to standing for life and, you know, standing for Christian, you know, and biblical worldview. 
That's the battle between light and darkness, and it's just manifesting itself in one of the mountains of influence, which is the mountain of governments. So, think about these things tonight, guys. I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to think about, and uh, we're going we're gonna to go because we ran out of time. But thank you for tuning in to the Remnant Godcast. We'll be back on the